Hello and you're very welcome back to the first Lad Boys podcast episode of the year and the first podcast that I've got a guest on as well. I'm kindly joined today by Jack O'Neill. Um, so welcome Jack. Um, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, first time doing the podcast with a guest on so hopefully I'm a decent enough interviewer and uh, hopefully we can provide some value and knowledge to uh, the people who are listening. Um, so I suppose I'll just give a bit of background as to, to how I know Jack um, and I'll keep it short and sweet because I uh, don't want to get into too much of the details but um, I would have went on a six year holiday to Santa Ponza and Jack would have been uh, there as well uh, through a mutual friend so that's how we know each other and uh, I think from there since I've you know, I've been following him on social media and stuff and I've been a fan of the, the content that he's been putting out uh, and hence why I wanted to get him on the podcast because I think... Uh, a lot of knowledge in that brain and it'd be great to share that with the people who are listening so um jack maybe just to start off maybe just a little bit about you uh where you're from and what you're passionate about i suppose um start off from the top be easy i'm from castanock in dublin and 26 years of age i started off my early days playing a lot of sports that's where i would have gotten my background so i played a lot of rugby played a lot of gaa as I got older, got into college, played rugby for Lansdowne, played for Leinster, Ireland, played the age grade stuff. Um, after getting a bad injury, ended up then having to go, chose to decide to go down the road of academics. So ended up going into uh, exercise physiology. And now I'm in the middle of my PhD in exercise physiology. So looking at low energy availability, so energy status, resting metabolism, a lot to do with exercise and mm. changing body composition. It gets complicated there, but yeah. it's good information bring back so. so it's it's basically i suppose for the average joe soap who's into you know their fitness they like to work out they exercise they might go and runs and do sports and stuff you you go a level deeper and you're kind of getting behind the science of you know the physical anatomy and kind of high performance training and stuff like that i suppose yes very deep into it so like I won't go into too much detail, but a lot of the stuff that I would look into is I look at your body's response to certain exercises and certain uh, nutrition, so certain macronutrients, and what your body does in response to ingesting these or doing these exercises. So your body produces metabolites and proteins, mm-hmm. and we can measure how much of these proteins or these metabolites you're, produ- you're producing in response to these exercises, and we'll then know at a deeper level what's happening in your body in response to those exercises and everyone's going to be different everyone's response mm. to exercise and nutrition is going to be unique and we're looking at trying to optimize these responses so you're never going to you're never going to nail and say this is the diet or this is the exercise but what we're looking at is we're looking at groups of exercises that are most likely going to be positive for most people and mm. types of food and stuff that are most likely going to be positive for most people so that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're looking at very good i suppose like really uh, at the the heart and soul of, of kind of all, everything that you're doing it is fitness and I think um, fitness particularly over the last the last year I suppose people have began to appreciate it that little bit more I think people always partook in it and people always kind of understood that it was an important aspect of life but I suppose now with the limited amount of things that we can do in terms of socializing and going out and uh, doing things that would have previously been a hobby or um, something that they're interested in it's been taken away so maybe the 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 fitness aspect of it has become of greater importance to people usually massively and a big thing that i've noticed as well is that although people wouldn't have had fitness incorporated into their life in the year like before COVID 19 somehow now that a lot of people are working from home or are not working 
we have more time, more spare time than we've ever had. Mm. It's, it's difficult to fill it with a lot of the things that you want to do. So, like, a lot of it's tempting to go to the PlayStation Road, it's tempting to go, you know, binge on the Netflix. Mm. However, keeping up the exercise is going to be crucial because you're going to be missing out on a lot of stuff that you would have been doing. Like, not just exercise in terms of going to the gym and doing that or doing Mm. class, even just going to work, walking around the office or walking around the place that you're actually doing. Like, these are all, like, bits of exercise or physical activity that we're not really conscious of or thinking of. Mm. However, they contribute to a much healthier mind-body system in the long run. And all of a sudden, you have people now staying at home that are not getting these steps in, that are not you know, going around the office, that are not walking back and forth to the car. They all add up. Mm. And in the grand, like now you have an issue where it's even more difficult to try and get those steps in through exercise. So now, more so than ever before, actually scheduling that exercise and it's penciling in this is where I'm going to complete mm. whether it's this many steps or this distance or complete the gym session here is never been more important yeah I definitely think so and it's, I suppose it's a really important um, touch point is the whole thing of that kind of passive exercise I suppose where you're 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 exercising without really actually suppose putting in a, an effort or a sole focus on on doing exercise it's just something that's happening throughout the day i suppose we are limited in what we can do or where we can go now and it has seen the emergence of um of home workouts and people are getting stuck into them and i do think it is kind of and you mentioned it as well it's not just for the body but it's it's for the mind as well i think if you you can get stuck into a bit of a slump and you can kind of say well i'm going to just lounge around and i won't do anything and I think then that becomes a routine, a routine that's not actually planned, but it becomes a routine and it's something that you slip into and you kind of, by not exercising, you can almost feel lethargic and, and kind of tired purely on the basis that you're just not doing anything and your body kind of goes into that by default. So, yeah. yeah. You, you can get tired from doing nothing. Mm. It's, it's, it's a... It's a paradox in itself when you think about it like i'm even more tired from doing less stuff than what i've normally been doing mm-hmm. and like people need to realize that exercise yes it is one thing it changes body size it changes you know people look at it in terms of building muscle losing fast that kind of exercise but what's happening at a physiological level right down at a cellular level not only within the body but within the brain there is thousands of these little processes occurring every time you lift up a waist, every time you go for a run, every time you even just go for a walk. And the absence of these processes for a long period of time can lead to different thinking patterns because we know that you know, the brain thinks because of the way the body feels and the body can feel because of the way the brain thinks. Mm. You know, There's a psychophysical connection, the two of them. We don't really know the exact connection, but there is a, a response. So by you reducing all this, like the physiological process by happening by not exercising, your thought process can even begin to change. And it begin now, like, so you, that's where sometimes it can be, you'll sometimes get into these slumps, slumps and it can mm. be quite difficult to get out of it. Mm. Just from your thought processing alone, you can start questioning what's the point and stuff, you know? Yeah. Of, you know, like, why am I even bothering trying this? I'm just better off, you know, doing this, you know? And it's, it's, that's the exact problem with the whole thing that it's you have to try and get yourself and force yourself through that and begin the exercising is by getting a couple of exercise sessions under the belts then that the actual the mindset the thought mm. processing will begin to change positively again so it's 
it's difficult. It can be difficult. It's great if you're already in that positive mindset and you got mm. that training session turning out. You're mm. just one of those freaks that just loves knocking out the exercise and stuff. But if you are in a difficult spot, it's even more important to begin putting something in place to get yeah. yourself going, and the mind will soon follow. I, I have had a conversation with people about this, I suppose, over the last year, but maybe in particular um, during the winter period because, you know, the appetite or the desire to get out and kind of go for a walk or exercise has been reduced somewhat based on just the, the climate outside. It's not exactly uh, encouraging to step outside the door into the freezing cold, but I suppose something that I've said to people and I'm kind of, I bring it, I, because I don't have the understanding that you might have, I bring it very much down to just, you know, very simplistic terms and say, or trying to apply what, what I do know uh, or how I kind of feel when I'm doing workouts and stuff is momentum can go both ways. Momentum can be in a positive sense where, you know, if you're doing workouts, it's easier to do the next one. It's easier to do the next one. But the longer you leave something and put it off, the harder then it becomes to actually then go and do it because there's this kind of, um, there's this kind of wall built up and it's like, oh, well, Jesus, that's such a big task and I have to go and do that. And But once you actually then just go and do it, the next time it's easier, the next time it's easier, the next time it's easier. And I think it's, you don't want to try and take on the world in your first day of doing an exercise. And exercise doesn't have to be, you know, banging out a gym session where you're lifting really heavy weights. It could just be something as simple as starting off with a walk, turning a walk into, you know, you know, let's do one kilometer as a, as a, as a walk and then maybe even 500 meters as a, as a jog and stuff like that. And just building it up from there, I suppose. And it's about instilling those positive outlets into your day and then you something that you can maintain as opposed to something that you're kind of going, oh, well, fuck, I have to go and do that again. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And your analogy of momentum going both ways is absolutely spot on because that does happen not only in a, a psychological sense, but it also happens in a physiological sense as well. Mm. You know, if you don't keep up with your training, you get maladaptations or what that's known as perverse adaptations. So by continuing your training sessions, you'll get fitter and fitter and fitter or stronger and stronger. However, if you prevent, if you stop stimulating or exercising, your body's need to keep adapting will begin to slow down up until the point where in extreme cases, like over a month or so, you'll actually get reverse adaptation. So you look at any ex-bodybuilders and all of a sudden they're, they look like average gels, where's all the muscle gone? Mm. Because they're not training anymore. <laughs> they don't, mm. Their body doesn't need the muscle. That's an extreme example. But it can happen where, as you, as you said, as you were, increase the amount of time that you're not training your body then reduces the amount that it actually needs to prepare itself for exercise so keeping up regular enjoyful like exercise that's enjoying mm. is crucial like for my like anytime i prescribe someone exercise who's not who's just as you would say might say an average joe or someone who's not like a, not an elite level athlete or someone who's not competing for something in particular their most important thing for their gym program is adherence Mm. meaning they have a program that they'll continue to keep coming back even if it means that the program is slightly suboptimal or not as effective as it could be or not as you know maximized towards one specific goal as long as that individual come, keeps coming back in the long run mm. it's one of the most important things when programming for your average joe they mm. don't have to be doing the greatest exercise or the best exercise they just got to be they got to keep coming back you just got to keep moving i suppose yeah, <laughs> yeah. got to keep moving They'll maintain that program for six months, a year, two years. Mm. Because if you program someone too heavily at the beginning, you'll notice, yeah, they hang on to it for four weeks. Or, yeah, they keep those those five-mile runs every day for a while. But then eventually yeah. they just teeter off and they're back in the hole again. And you've just, mm. it's, it's too much too soon. You know? 
I think um, it kind of leads nicely onto something that I want to discuss, and I suppose it's kind of, well, it's, I suppose it's the the attention and the the emergence and the emphasis that's been put on the the health and the fitness industry over the last. I think it's really come along in the last five years. Maybe that's just my observation. I suppose, um, you kind of you kind of see it coming out. I suppose with the with the I suppose the the amount of time that people spend on social media and stuff, and uh, the amount of personal trainers and people who are within that industry online who do share it. It kind of then promotes people to engage with it and you know uh, give their time to it as well. So. I think over the last while it has become uh, much more prevalent in society and um, I think with that comes a lot of positives um, and possibly some negatives as well and um, I suppose one of the I don't I don't want to start off on the negatives but one of the positive things that I maybe we could touch on is the fact that for people now information and workouts and routines and stuff they're more accessible than ever before um, and someone who previously had diddly squat knowledge of anything to do with the gym going in and, and wouldn't know how to do um, you know any any exercises now that it's been presented and put in front of them um, on a phone that they would already be on regardless is encouraging people to get into fitness and feel more comfortable with doing that as well because of the, I suppose, the, the removal of kind of, well, where the fuck do I start kind of thing. So, yeah. in terms of like, in terms of the other positives that have come from, uh, you know, the, the increased, the increased interest and the increased participation within the health and fitness industry, would there be any other kind of positives that you've seen or other positives that maybe you've taken from it? Obviously, you're quite immersed in it and you're uh, obviously extremely passionate about it as well. So, would like the positives from technology and its effects on? Well, it could be it could be technology, or it could just be the actual positives about health and fitness industry in general. I suppose. Well, yeah, in general, I suppose. But um, with particular emphasis on like how it's gr how it's grown and and why it's grown, uh, maybe. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, technology like today's technology has allowed access to information more so than we have ever had mm. like over like the past hundred years so like you literally you, you just say hey Siri hey Alexa tell me about blah and you got that information as much of that information as you want but uh, what I have noticed is exercise becoming a lot more desirable to people who would never normally see themselves as exercisers so like people that would generally accept like they accept that they might not be an athlete or they might not play sports or they might not compete for something in particular however there's a much bigger understanding that exercise is so crucial towards maintaining optimal body health physical health psychological health and also just giving yourself a better general sense of well-being so there's a lot more people that i've known never to be athletes or never to be interested in sports however they have a much better understanding now from the likes of social media and from the access that they have on the internet that exercising is like it's something you got to incorporate into your life somehow yeah and i suppose um the thing with social media is as well it kind of creates that kind of community feel or that sense of involvement and 
even that whole thing of well you know someone who previously said well oh, look I'm, I'm not really i'm not a sports person or i'm not i'm not an athlete and, and exercise just isn't for me i think an encouraging aspect or an encouragement encouraging factor would be seeing maybe people who are a similar body composition to them or a similar background to them in terms of maybe it's just career path or maybe it's just where they're from and then kind of being able to say well it's sort of inspiration in a sense where they can say well if, if he can do it or if she can do it then definitely i can do it and then that kind of gets the ball rolling from there and allows them to kind of pursue yeah I, and it's, it's it's much more accepting of everyone you know you don't have to be ripped and shredded to be a part mm. of the health and fitness community anyone can be part of the health and fitness community which is one of the pros as you said um but then it could also that's where it ties into that's where it gets a bit murky that's where it gets yeah. great because yes the health and fitness in, like industry is very accepting of everyone because everyone like it's it's meant for everyone mm. there is no individual who cannot exercise in some form or matter you know and be fit in their own way but what happens with that is you then have people portraying they tell you the information that's acceptable for everyone yes but then you have people portraying that they might not be saying it but the person who's telling you to be you know, healthy and everything is also, you know, 4% body fat or yeah. using forms and and drugs or might be, you know, they're mm. absolutely shredded themselves and they might indirectly be relating, you know, they might be putting that pressure on that there's a certain body type that needs to be associated with health and fitness. And it's definitely, that is present in the health and fitness world that we have, you have the female, you have female athletes who are all about the booty and the thing, mm. you know, and it needs to be the biggest thing going and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And you have the men who need to be, you got to have bicep veins that look like hoses and you got to have yeah. shoulders like that. you got to have difficulty walking through a door. Yeah. Right, but, <laughs> yeah. But like it's, there's, those extremes are, it's, there's no, at the minute, there's no real understanding of why no one's explaining why those extremes are unattainable to most people who partake in health and fitness no one's explaining why that's just not going to be achieved mm. by 90 percent of the people who begin training or no one's explaining why those kind of states of body are not actually necessarily that healthy or that mm. fit at all in the first place that's what's kind of lacking now especially in terms of social media no one's actually stepping forward and saying hey look these super shredded ridiculous beautiful people are not actually you know that healthy yeah <laughs> yeah you know, they're doing things that are actually quite dangerous to themselves in the long run just to obtain that certain physique no mm. one's actually going into explaining this and i think that it definitely needs to be that delivered that message also needs to be delivered along with the inclusivity of everyone for health and fitness that's the key missing factor yeah, that, that's a really good point, and it's something that I definitely wanted to discuss as well on the podcast. And it's something that I've, tr I suppose, with the little knowledge that I have, would would have tried to explain as well. And uh, with regards to just, I suppose, like um, um, your your physique and your um, your oh my god, what's the word? <laughs> anyway, something that I tried, something, something that I tried to promote previously, um, um, and so yeah, we'll come back to it. But um, I do think it goes both ways with regards to that. I think, firstly, there's an ownership on, let's say, me as an individual who isn't um, someone who's shredded, got abs, big, built like a shit brick house. There's an ownership on me to say, well, okay, firstly, I see the Instagram picture, I see, I see the, the image that's portrayed, and I say, oh, well, I want that. Well, okay, Nathan, I think 
you need to be conscious about it and say, well, in order to get that, it's not going to come like by just going out the back and lifting weights aimlessly and, and doing it for, you know, maybe two, three days a week when it feels like, when you feel like it. Um, there is a lot of sacrifice and there is a lot of effort that goes in behind that. Um, so I think that's that's one aspect. There's an ownership and an accountability on the person who the is receiving, the yeah, receiving yeah. the information. And then I, I suppose on the flip side, then again, is there's an ownership on. There isn't necessarily an ownership because I suppose they can do whatever they want to do, and it's if if they want to post something, they can they can, they can post it. But I suppose yeah. when we're talking about the health and fitness industry, and and for the most part, it's it's PTs and stuff that are that are, have that kind of physique or, you know, it's someone who is very much immersed in the fin fitness industry because you don't get it overnight. It just doesn't happen. So yeah. I suppose it, it's for them to make a decision as to whether, am I posting this, in, am I posting this picture in order to show off and look good and kind of, I suppose, advertise my services that you can get this or am I posting this uh, to, I suppose, sh one, brand myself and kind of portray the, the image that I have and also make people aware of the fact and the story behind this physique because again like people see the people see the abs people see the, the muscles and then they say oh yeah well i want it but they don't know the sacrifice and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes uh with regards to that as well so you'll be in a much better position to kind of maybe talk about some of that kind of sacrifice the effort uh, and, and everything else that goes with it to to kind of obtain that that physique of course, and just to go back and touch on real quickly the points of, you know, these individuals that are posting these things because a lot of them, they have their own businesses, mm -hmm. you know, and when you're ripped or when you have a great booty in the picture or when you have great abs in the picture, you're going to receive more engagement. You're going to have people spend more time putting that on the screen when they're watching their Instagram. The Instagram algorithms know this, which then yeah. spreads it out to more and more people. So when you're looking to maximize outreach and you're looking to put food on the table, you're looking to, you know, like grow your business you're going to have to make these decisions you know and of course i understand that completely and um, but definitely going forward there is like the need to not falsely advertise that yes it's okay to use these great pictures to you know maximize outreach and stuff but there needs to also be like almost a disclaimer along with this that hey this six week program training twice a yeah. week that i'm giving out is not going to get you to yeah. straight yeah. away <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot more to it but there needs to be like it's not there's no connection between the two if you get me mm. so that would definitely be my point on that and then to go back now to touch on the requirements to look like to look to look have a phenomenal physique and to look at your best you know when you're talking about these shredded people first of all usually muscle maturity is something that comes into it which only really starts to happen 10 to 15 years after you begin lifting weights so unless you started at like 12 years of age 13 years of age and continue that process for you know 10 15 years if you wanted to have like that large muscle mass that you see on pro bodybuilders and like to see on like the natural bodybuilders maybe not the pro bodybuilders but the natural bodybuilders it takes 10 plus years of mm. consistent training which is going to include lots of failures when you're talking about it's also changes to body fat levels your body is really sensitive to changes that are too quick if they're too if your changes and reductions in body fats are too tense or too severe you usually get bad or you get 
like negative changes to hormonal levels, to satiety hormones, so hormones that are responsible for your hunger and everything. So when you get down to these very low body fat levels in too quick or too severe methods, your body usually results end up bouncing back. You see people, they cut a load of weight, so after six weeks, mm. and then 10, 12 weeks after that, they're back to square one again. So seeing people that are continually lean, you know, like all year rounds that don't seem to bounce in and out, so they've usually got to that level of body fat over again, the space of five plus years, 10 mm. plus years of higher consistent training. Then to maintain those levels of body fat and that level of muscle requires smart, specific measure, like, so it's, it's yeah. a level of training that people don't seem to understand. You Like most people that look like that, they usually, they, they're not drinking at all throughout the year. They may drink once or twice in the year. They're also not eating takeaways. They're not eating chocolates. They're usually, they have a large amount of cognitive restraints on their foods. You ask, mm. if you were to uh, interview a lot of these individuals, they'll inform you, oh, I have to physically hold myself back from chocolates. So I have to mm. physically hold myself back from burgers and chips, which is not also healthy for the mind either. Yeah, in the long run. I do. I, you have... Sorry, just one thing on on the the mind and stuff is, like I think it's something that I've I said previously, and it was basically if you're looking to to sacrifice your mind in order to uh, obtain a certain physique, it's not really the best way to go about it because ultimately it, your mind is is just as important, and if not as or, or or more important than your body because I mean it controls everything else. So, um, yeah, sorry, just to think I emphasize that point. Because you have, like, you'll notice these people are continually and willingly preventing themselves from eating these foods. And a lot of the time, especially if you're not well rehearsed in how to count calories and how to appropriately distribute macronutrients, so like carbs, proteins, fats throughout the day, like, it is possible to be shredded and to include small amounts of these foods. Mm. However, most people that usually go on these journeys, they just read that, oh, plain broccoli, plain chicken. You know, and I'm good yeah. to go. Yeah. What happens then is they do this process and they repeat this process for a long period of time and they get into ridiculous shape. However, now they're at a point where because they never really took the time to kind of just take the time slowly with it, educate themselves, understanding the effect, like the purposes of a calorie, what a fat is, to understand these whole processes and developing a good nutritional plan, they're now stuck where if I eat anything else except broccoli and chicken, I start getting fat you know mm. it's the thing then is you're then left in this real like dark place in your mind where you have to continue to for you to maintain yeah. the physique, you then have to continue on this dark road where you'll get people they can't even look at ice cream they can't tell out they can't go out with friends they can't go out you know eating food and stuff and you know it's going out for dinners and family dinners or they have to bring their own food and everything to these mm. occasions and a lot of time people don't as we mentioned people don't see First of all, these sacrifices, like cause some people will do this and be highly aware. So yes, they are restricting themselves, but they want to reach that such low level of body fat. Mm. So they want to have that such high level of musculature that they are they are aware of the sacrifice they have to make. But we don't see any of these sacrifices that are occurring. Mm. I think that, that, sorry. Yeah, and, and then, so that brings into the point of you're scrolling down your newsfeed, you see these phenomenal physiques and stuff, and you wonder what it's like to achieve that. You don't usually see that the negatives of having such low levels of body fat can have on the body. 
So like being usually to obtain these levels of body fat to such low levels, you have to be in what we refer to as a low energy availability state. Mm. And what happens when you're in a low energy availability state for too long of a period? So when you're talking eight, 12 weeks plus, you'll start noticing reproductive dysfunction. So for females in particular, they'll have cessation of their period. And for males, you'll notice a reduced amount of libido. It'll be more difficult to have an erection. It's harder to have any of these, you know, sexual thoughts or ideologies. You then have trouble keeping your body warm. You'll notice that you're freezing cold all the time. Mm. So because your body is not getting the energy that it needs to maintain these levels of body fat, it no longer continues to warm itself appropriately. So mm. you'll notice your hands are cold, feet are cold, you'll be shivering a lot. You'll begin having GI issues. So with your stomach, you'll noticing bad, whether it can be as bad as diarrhea, you'll notice a lot of severe bloating because your intestines are spending so much of their time empty from the lack of, or they're spending so much of their time full, too full with fiber that they can't actually extract energy from. You're getting a lot of bloating, you're getting a lot of you can constipation as well with this. Like So there's a lot of other things that can happen to the body just to look that way, to look like the shreds that mm. you have. Like And a lot of the time you people don't realize that to get to that level there's that amount of sacrifice and there's also those negative consequences of all those sacrifices as well on top of that Mm, yeah i think so this is something that you do uh by choice and it's something that you love to do i think you described yourself as a a super shredder um on an instagram post um so like where where has that come from and and what is the where does the love for kind of you know that that's that i suppose it's a love for a struggle because obviously in order to obtain because i don't think anyone does it or i I wouldn't imagine anyone just does all of this hard work and stuff purely for the end product to say look in the mirror and say there it is i got it like there has to there has to be a greater desire or there has to be some form some more motivation behind it than than, than an end product i think is it enjoying the kind of the just the slog enjoying the endurance enjoying the kind of the actual the movement and the training that it requires and then i suppose the 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 strategic planning behind uh you know uh getting to that end result would that be yeah. kind of where it comes from uh, like uh, from for, for me personally um i want to like how it began was watching Ziz videos. I don't know if anyone else, like there's probably a handful, like watching that guy, Australian dude, he had the tattoos, he was, he had the tan, he had everything, yeah. he was absolutely shredded, like and he's getting the girls, and what you're seeing, like I didn't, I'm speaking rec- retrospectively here, because I didn't have this knowledge that I have now back then, mm. I was like 16, I just saw this man shredded, he was getting massive attention from every anyone, any, anyone he went, everywhere he went to, from everyone, and you get addicted to that. So if mm. you've got, if I if I can achieve that, I'll have that social status, you know. And I'll yeah. Have that, you know, and from having that social status, you're talking about that reward system in your brain. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel wanted. Mm. And that's where, like, being dead honest, that's where my desires for it started. I had no idea what low energy availability was. I had no idea what calorie counting or what you know macronutrients were or anything like this. I just, uh, as like a lot of people, I just went to the video, saw broccoli and chicken and I was like, right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From pure, pure willpower. Because what happened was, I remember 
feeling all these bad symptoms so like the likes of getting cold loss of reproductive function all this everything i listed off i remember these you know irritability not able to sleep but i said it doesn't matter i have this and i have a social status mm. that's what they like it was it was selfishness was why i got into you know my fitness i didn't understand there's the whole like i like i heard there was a health aspect and everything of this and also like i was playing rugby and stuff and it's like that's i just wanted it for that yeah and it wasn't until that i got really deep into once i once i got into ucd and started going and came up going through the anatomy the physiology and understanding all of these systems just actually what is going on and i know it can be similar for a lot of other people that they get addicted to this physical status that a a great physique can get them into I, I suppose it's, 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 it's probably ego driven um you know the, the the ego i think the ego can can drive a lot of life decisions and uh, sometimes um for the right reasons, sometimes maybe for the wrong reasons. I think it's it's obviously it evolves over time as well, and the more kind of um, the more I suppose self-aware and the more aware you are of society and kind of um, just aware of the world, it, it becomes more balanced and it's not like driven purely based on kind of what my perception to the world is. It's it's based on what's what's right for me then, I suppose. But um, yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, ego is, like, for someone to be a bit egotistical and stuff, like, that's also someone who's motivated to do mm. something as well. And what's really important is that people who are in that kind of position where they're really, things are going great and they're getting into great shape, it's the most important for them to really understand what's going on to their body. Because what can happen is they can do too much too soon and by the time they're in their mid-twenties, they can be burnt out, they can be run down, It's they're finding it impossible to maintain that physique whilst also maintaining a full-time job. They, or they might then, do, to maintain their body, they might then make poor decisions like resorting to the use of, you know, performance-enhancing drugs and stuff to try and maintain it. Mm. And it's even more so important for those, because it's not wrong with being addicted to lifting weights and stuff. Like, mm. there's, there's, there's far worse addictions in the world, so... Yeah, like, you look great, you know? Yeah. But um, the thing is... For those individuals, it's very important that they really understand what it actually is that's happening to their body for them to look like that. So that they can actually plan it out, not try and be the best they are every single minute of every single day. That they can understand that it's okay to be at 80% capacity of how you look. Mm. You know, and they can time it you know, for, so that they're able to maintain their physique, not just for a couple of years in their mid-twenties or so. That they can maintain this physique for hopefully what can be a lifetime. Mm. You know, so it's the people that really want to get into it or are very interested in health and fitness. It's very important for them to understand the effects of these extreme physiques that have on them. Mm. And it also needs to then trickle down to people who just want to be healthy and who want to be fit. It then comes down to them understanding the sacrifice that it takes to get to those extreme levels. So that's, it is okay if you want to be shredded, that's perfectly fine. But mm. it's good that you understand what's happening. Yeah, I think that's like a great synopsis of it. And then one of the questions um, would be, well, I've got a couple of questions. One of them would be around someone who is looking to go down the path of becoming shredded and obtaining that physique. Obviously, your desire for it and your kind of um, the birth of, of, of you going down that route and, and was watching YouTube videos. Would you say... Um, if you were to look back and do it again, would you 
get a personal trainer or would you get like a some form of like a coach in order to like help you along that journey or do you think that kind of self-exploration was um was what you would do again like because i think i think to try and put it together in a more structured way i think a lot of people um who are into health and fitness kind of just go in and, and, and do it and they expect to get results and then disappointed when they don't get them and that can be demotivating as well like oh, i'm breaking my bollocks i'm doing all this and that but perhaps it's just they do need that bit more of an insight or they do need that bit more industry knowledge in order to actually not not train hard but train smart and trying to like yes. like rather than t- going hell for leather and thinking that it's going to result in something actually knowing that if I do A, B, C, D, and E, I'm going to get to where I want to be. Um, so would that be an advice from you to, to, to do that? or If it's someone who's serious about continuing their education, I would highly recommend doing something in college that would be associated with mm. it. If it was someone like, so we're, like, I'm going to try and kind of tear this down. So if it's someone who was like, this is my... I want to do this, I'd highly recommend that they choose an appropriate college course. So whether that be then the physiology route or health and performance science or sports science, there's plenty of them throughout the country as well. Mm. There's that. If that if it's not possible in college, the next one will be to there are tons of PT courses that can be done either part-time, you know, over 22 weeks or full-time over six weeks where you learn how to become a PT, where they do touch on these aspects of calorie counting, appropriate training style of programming. So like that would also be another one for individuals as well and going down from that the effectiveness of coaches can be huge especially if you're someone who doesn't really want to necessarily do all the thinking or all like if you don't want to if you kind of want to be a part of it but you don't necessarily want to ever learn to become a PT or ever learn the the in-depth knowledge behind it all getting a coach is key and the kind of coach you get is also crucial for, so even if you're someone who necessarily doesn't really want to, like some people just want to be, just give me the list of things to do and I'll do A to B and mm. I'm, like that's it, I'm gone. Even those kind of individuals, it's still very important to have a coach that is some form of an educator, whether it's a small bit of education from each session or whether it's you know teaching you how to independently train yourself. Like a good coach will pr- prescribe you your training sessions, will give you programs for your nutrition as well however what they will do is over time they'll also explain to you why you're doing certain things so that there's a large there's as much transparency as possible from between the coach and the actual individual doing this so there's no hidden secrets so the coach is explaining to the individual this is the reason why you're eating this this is the reason why you're training like this on monday and wednesday so that over time the individual becomes more how to say in tune with their own training and more understanding of it so when they get prescribed something they go oh i know why i'm actually doing this mm. this is the help of my energy levels or you know this is the help of my long distance endurance capacity like this all these kind of things so get yourself a coach who kind of teaches you along the way not necessarily holding your hand you still want them to be like you do what you need to do like, yeah you know, get your sights up but it also just gives you a little bit of explanation as to why they're prescribing these things to you rather than show up okay set up a little circus we run around the circuit okay bye bye you know mm. it's, it's worth the investment usually a good coach will probably cost a little bit as well but even yeah. just seeing someone seeing someone once a week like a, a decent pt once a week 
who will then prescribe you three sessions, they supervise you for one, you know, but at least they, during that session they can explain to you why they're making these changes and stuff. It means that if you ever were to leave the country or leave the area or go somewhere else, you have learned how to be somewhat independent in your own training session. Or if the coach stops training, you know, if the coach mm. goes on holidays, you're okay, you know. And for the purposes of training for life, as I like to say, that kind of coach is key. Yeah, I think... Then, sorry, <laughs> I keep on interrupting. I think, I think like, the key thing, and it's a, it's a common trend throughout the, the, the discussion that we've had is is trying to build up longevity with regards to whatever it is that you want to do. It's no, like, you do see it quite a lot on Instagram and stuff now these days is, you know, the quick fixes and, you know, a quick fix is a quick fix for a reason and a quick fix might help in the short term, but perhaps in the long term, well, in the long term, it's 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 not sustainable because, you know, if you're looking to do something quick, short and sharp and it's like, I suppose, instant, Anything that's instant can't have like a long term. Uh, it, it's not longevity. So uh, I do think that's an important factor in all of this. Is in the, with regards to fitness, uh, and fitness lifestyle would be to have some form of longevity there. And by being, by be by doing workouts and just going through the motions, it helps. But by understanding the kind of even a little bit more behind why it is you're doing something, it then gives you. A mental aptitude to be able to say well if i did ever need to like you know do this on my own or if i if i wanted to actually then go and try and pursue this with regards to a career or, or develop my knowledge on it further at least i've got a strong foundation there then to to proceed exactly or even if your training ever starts becoming difficult because it's increasing in difficulty you understand why the training is becoming difficult and that you don't give up you know, so there's a, a big power behind it as well. Mm. And I, I think um, as well, with regards to, I suppose, with a coach, a coach can also be a, like a motivator as well. And a motivation, I suppose motivation was something that I wanted to, to kind of discuss. And it's something that I'm, I'm definitely seeing a, a hell of a lot of on social media, particularly, I would say, the last... Six, no, I wouldn't say six months, maybe four months, because I think, again, it's not as in, well, the gym, the gyms are closed, which is, is something that um, is obviously less than ideal for people who are um, working out and looking to do weight training because they don't have the um, the tools and the resources available, available to them that they previously had, and they kind of have to adapt and change the way that they approach things, I suppose, uh, and make use of what they do have. Uh, and then also, like I already said, the weather, uh, the climate, and maybe you just don't really want to work out in your house, or maybe you don't want to go out into the cold and, and the wet and, and go for a run or a walk. But motivation, I find, there's always a reason why we do anything in life. Like, there's, there's always a reason why, um, regardless of whether we know, whether we consciously are aware of the reason why or not, there is a reason why. And I think motivation people say oh how do i get motivated well first of all it's, it's there's no straightforward answer to say well if you want to be motivated you need to have follow steps a b and c um and i do think having a coach or having someone even even in a like an external kind of form of accountability definitely helps and um, but people do need to hold themselves accountable as well and um, in terms of motivation like 
would there be certain things or certain aspects of 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 that that you would kind of try to Im- embed into your like routines or fitness um fitness journey i suppose well first of all it can motivation sometimes comes at a later stage for some people you know they're never actually going to be motivated to start doing the exercise for some individuals the motivation will come later however and what they need is they need to, to be disciplined in their decision to begin exercising Mm. motivation will become once results start coming back once the feelings of energies come so for some individuals if you are feeling unmotivated but you are aware that you do need to begin some form of exercise those individuals i promise you motivation will come it might take a little while a couple of weeks once you start seeing results but for those individuals discipline and a decision to just say right i'm starting today and i'm going for it you know the next monday just get in on this start this and make it begin so motivation will come yeah. Then for other, like you know, the other because you have the other side of it where someone just gets super motivated and they're just yes. like, all right, I'm going straight in and crack. Now the key thing then for both those individuals will be is how to maintain motivation. And the key thing with maintaining motivation because it's not going to be there. You are going to have days where you're going to be like, I hate the gym. Mm. Right? <laughs> like, I have them, and right, even those super shredded people we talk about believe it they have days where they're like i hate the gym you know like i don't want to be here so the key thing for maintaining motivation is having first of all small goals along your way so setting up whether that be someone who's going to say well i'm looking to keep let's say hit a 5k in 25 minutes you know and they begin and they're, they're hitting the 5k in 30 minutes for them having saying well let's say we try and hit this 25 minutes in about six to seven weeks already that six to seven weeks someone's going that individual is going to be motivated because they have a goal in mind it's measurable it's achievable it's realistic and it's also given a time constraint on it yes so you've already motivated so even if you are less motivated on some days you still know at the end of that six weeks you want to go for it so whether that be a weight loss goal whether it be a strength goal whether it be the number of push-ups you can do the number of burpees you can there's tons you can make up Mm. having a goal is key the second thing is being able to then reflect on that goal accordingly when you get to the end of it whether you achieve this or not if you are successful in that goal you also you need to reward yourself with something you know know, don't go nuts reward yourself like a school (laughs) point or something yeah you know it could be having a meal or like you know having you know set yourself that you know like give yourself a little reward that little break that you deserve you know buying yourself something yeah a new pair of runners or something that will actually yeah, exactly. yeah something along those lines you know, it's huge, yeah because mm. you've you've earned it and now as soon as you reward yourself not immediately but within a close enough time frame you know a day or two you then want to be there so even if you didn't successfully achieve it you then need to be uh, nicely critical to yourself in a way, like, you know, so critical to yourself in a positive way, saying, well, why didn't you achieve it? Maybe 20, 30 minutes down to 25 minutes was too much of a goal. Mm. It wasn't actually achievable for where I am at the minute. So what you do then is you know, that's perfectly fine. It's not necessarily a failure. It's a point of learning. It's a lesson and a learning, yeah. Exactly. So when you're going forward, you can then make a more achievable goal. And then the next thing, so that's after, so you have your goal, you have your reward system, being able to reflect upon your progress that you've made. The last thing that's key is making a new goal. Mm. Okay, it's very, because a lot of the time people get to a goal and it's like, nice. high fives all the way. Back and- <laughs> God, disaster. Yeah. And unless, unless you're going to be a 5K runner or a you know, a max deadlifter or one specific action. It is, if you're just going to be a general exerciser, 
it is very important that your goal is different from the last goal. Okay, it doesn't mean that you have to stop running your 5Ks and stuff, but it just means that you're giving your body something new in terms of what it can think. Another stimulus. Exactly, you can still maintain your 5K performance, but it's just, it's novel enough and it's original enough that it's not going to be, oh, because if you get 30 minutes there to 25 minutes, you're like, cool. And then you said, right, let's get that 25 minutes there to 20 minutes. You know, eventually the, you're just going to be like, I hate 5K. Yeah, the, the first five minutes is easier to knock off than, than the, the next five, you yeah. know. I think you get to it. Yeah. Can become a bit mundane, I suppose. Would be exactly yeah. so being making a new goal that is different from the previous one is key in helping maintain your motivation. You should find you should be able to maintain that motivation throughout full years of your training. Mm. And something uh, I read a book, it was called, I think it's on the shelf there. Uh, it's called um, uh, Living with the Monks. What turning my phone off taught me about gratitude, mindfulness, and there's something else. Uh, I can't remember the full title, but one of the quotes that I took from that, or one of the kind of analogies or paraphrases that I took from that was when you're looking at doing something and you don't want to do it ask yourself if you do it today how will it make you feel tomorrow and then it becomes a much easier decision to do what you don't want to do today in order for you for yourself tomorrow to say thanks mate well done I know I didn't feel like it but you did it and now today I feel much better for doing it so 100%. Like, there will be gym sessions and there will be exercise sessions where you just don't want to do them. But I can guarantee you, once you finish those once, once you actually complete them, you'll always be happy that you did it. Mm. You'll never, like, if you if you didn't want to do a session, you knocked it out and you're still feeling bad, something else is, like, there's something Yeah, there's, there's something else going on, you need to... You might be sick or you might be, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. But if you're finding yourself that you did the gym session... Like, even when you don't want to do it, but you just get through it and you finally finish it, you'll always feel a sense of reward. And a sense, sense of achievement as well. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That you actually managed to defy what you thought, saying, oh, no, I'm not going to make it, but you ended up getting through. So it's always it's always good. Now, that being said, monitoring this, if it's happening very often, like every day of the week for a whole week or two weeks that you really mm. don't feel in the gym session, maybe you are... Like that previous example we talked about where you're pushing it that little bit too much, where you just need to kind of, you know, rain off. So remember the whole thing about we talk about the energy availability and stuff. So there is that. That would be kind of more towards the person who's doing a lot of training for themselves. However, for most people, just making sure that getting through their gym sessions and like we mentioned before, adherence, as in they keep coming back mm -hmm. and doing them in the right order, they'll find themselves wreaking the benefits of a long-term exercise program that is only going to do wonders for themselves. Mm, I think that's brilliant and hopefully um, people do kind of get a greater understanding for how they can kind of look to maintain that motivation because again look it fluctuates and it's something that's you can't avoid that w there will be times when you don't want to do something but sometimes it's just about turning up uh, and hopefully that, that that's helpful. Um, I think I don't want to keep you too too much longer uh, I really do appreciate really do appreciate you coming on and like I mean the, the depth of knowledge that you have is, is phenomenal and I did I kind of when I was planning out the, the episode I did kind of say to myself that Jesus like we're not going to be able to like jam this into an hour because you know there's just so much to discuss there's so much to discuss and then in within each kind of category of discussion there's so much to discuss within that as well so um I really do um thank you very much for, for sharing that 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 knowledge um if going if going forward people have questions 
you know, that they would like to, if there are areas within health fitness that they would like to go more in depth into, I'm sure like dude, if you hang on to these and you compile these questions, I'm sure we can do another podcast at a later mm. stage. So if, like, I'll be more than happy to, like if people came specifically asking, well, what about doing this and all that, I'll be more than happy to discuss that as well. So for anyone... And then as well, um, I think, well, obviously just to, to let people know where they can find you and stuff, um, you've got, um, I know you've got Instagram, I think you've got a YouTube, I've watched a couple of those YouTube, I think there's maybe, I've definitely watched, I think two. Oh, the, the YouTube is on and off, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, look, I'm, I'm the same, I'm the same with YouTube, I think it's just that little bit more effort to, to kind of sit down, record the YouTube, uh, yeah, it's demanding, but. The worst thing for me is just editing the actual video. It, it, that's the worst part of it. <laughs> I'm not an editor myself. Yeah. It looks great, but at the end of it, you're talking 20 hours put away to put yeah. those. Yeah, videos. yeah. Instagram, I do updates very regularly. And your you, your Instagram handle is, I think it's um, yeah. J-O, J-O Fitness Nation. And I'll, that's it. Yeah, J-O Fitness Nation. And I'll leave that in the description of the podcast, and I'll be sure to tag it on social medias and stuff like that. I suppose before we wrap it up and look, we can kind of keep these short and sweet, uh, short and sweet as you'd like. Um, three things that you're looking forward to when we get back to life as normal or the new normal, because I know it's been a strange enough year for everyone. Oh, um, leaving the country. Not yes. The, not, not like, bye, 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 yeah, yeah. Just on holidays, you know, going around, being cultured again, you know, uh, that kind of definitely one of them. Another one would be um, seeing people in the office again. I, uh, I'm on campus for a lot of my research, and at the minute it is very, very, not lonely, but it's very isolating, as in I'll be sitting there, yeah, it's great, but it's, it's every day I'm, I'm here on my own. Mm. And then finally, I would say EP, lecture picnic. Yeah. Definitely, it's, I've missed this. You know, yeah. Like, uh, the, I've missed it last year. Sadly, probably going to miss this year as well. Like, I'll definitely be looking forward to a good lecture picnic because mm. it's always a nice way to end the summer and go into the new year on a big one. Mm, very good. And then, lastly, is three things that so obviously, like this year has kind of forced us to adapt, change our habits and routines have been kind of flipped upside down. I suppose. I've I've definitely found that by being by being forced to change certain areas or aspects of my life i would actually continue that that change that i've made on into the future is there anything that you've kind of made a change uh, about your life and you've kind of said well actually do you know what this is something that i'm I've, i'm happy that i've made that change and that i'll keep going forward um i know that i, I can make an app we can make an hour out of this but yeah <laughs> definitely be going sober yes um, while ago and i know that there will probably be some other people that would like be interested in hearing that as well however going sober for me and learning the hardest thing was learning how to do what i was doing beforehand whilst being sober you know mm. not, you know so in other words doing all the research i'm doing doing all the college work doing all my training without having sessions on the weekend and stuff like it's a it was a big learning curve you know big thing that my body had to get used to however now that i've gone through the far side of it and i'm now doing everything that i was doing beforehand and more without spending you know hundreds on you know drinking nights out and everything like it's there's a big big difference like i'm not saying that i'll never drink again but definitely going forward and living a sober life and living the riches the more organic riches and yes organic benefits from life 
I'm definitely enjoying that a lot more. The thing of... Minus all the headaches as well. Like, yeah. The I'm thing of, you know, <laughs> living your best life. You know, truly living your best life rather than... Yes. Living your best life and getting plastered every weekend maybe isn't your best life. It may be for some people, yeah, but... It, yeah. it was fun, man. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It was absolutely... It was unbelievable crap. But, it, you know, it gets... It, it gets old, you know. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I enjoyed it to my fullest and I'm happy now that I experienced that life mm. and I'm happy now that I've also managed to, you know, kind of work that, that part of my life out of me as in, like, I don't necessarily, you know, uh, how would you say, I'm no more reliant on this and I'm no more, you know, dependent on, you know, these things and nights out to do what I need to do now. And I'm finding that I'm starting to love things that I never thought that I would love, you know, and just get enjoyment from things that mm. I never thought I would enjoy, you know, and everything feels a lot, you know, as I said, like earlier, I like the word organic or a lot more natural to my own body, you know, things mm. that, are, that I used to find incredibly boring, I'm now actually finding not too bad to deal with and stuff, you know, so it's, it makes everything a lot easier to do other things, you know, whether it be mm. a difficult task with the research and all that. I suppose it, it helps you find balance and, and that's what this is all about is trying to find balance and what works for you because it's going to work differently for everyone but i do think and uh, look we could talk for donkeys on the whole uh the whole yeah. drinking sober i'm doing dry january at the moment they did dry january last year um and it, it is it's a kind of a it's something that i'm playing with in my head and saying look do you just say go and do dry february as well and just see what happens but um Ah, look. I recommend for everyone to give it a go. If, if you ever, if to anyone who has ever thought about going sober, or anyone who's ever felt, you know what, these nights out are starting to get a bit too much, there, that's exactly where I was when I finally made the decision to kick it all. You know, just to get, to not necessarily kick it off for good, but yeah. just begin by just taking a break. So for anyone who's listening who is having those thoughts, you know, well maybe you know, like this is this might be getting a bit too much, or nights out just aren't as fun as they used to be. They're the individuals that definitely should give some form of soberness go, whether it be right, let's I'm just gonna knock it on the head for four weeks or do a dry January, do a dry mm. February. I definitely highly recommend to those individuals because they might find there's other things that they've been missing out on or other things that they'll rediscover from just taking a break and looking the other direction for a bit. Absolutely, um, and I think I'm gonna just say one more piece, and then I'll look at it, let you go back to your work. Um, the the thing that I, the thing that I've definitely found, and it's something that's been very much um, clear to see on social media, is that when people say, "Oh, well, I've nothing to do anymore. I can't do anything," and and like because of the lockdowns, the pubs and bars are open, like I have nothing to do. Well, if the only thing that there is to do on the weekend is go out drink and get pissed and and have a laugh and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that I'm not trying to say that but if that's ev- if that's the only thing that you look forward to at the weekend I think it's time to just reevaluate and, and look at your life and kind of say well actually maybe reflect on the last kind of you know six months or so and say what did I implement when I couldn't do what I wanted to do that I would keep and I think that's a question to to leave for everyone uh, as we conclude the podcast so I will I will love you and leave you. I will uh, let you get back to your your, your work. And um, thanks very, very much for, for coming on. It's been a fantastic conversation. Likewise, Nathan. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm more than happy to chat again in the future as well.